welcome to this week's Oxcast, your weekly roundup of all the best events happening in and around Oxford. Today's date is Wednesday the 13th of April, and joining me in the studio is Mike and Michael. Hello. Hi, hi, hi. What have you guys got then? Uh, I've got Folk Weekend Oxford, the 16's new tour, and the cinema roundup. And I'll be talking about something cool that Creation Theatre are planning, uh, Record Store Day, and the feel-good musical of all feel-good musicals. Um, I've got artists and their relationship with money, cartoons and the history of nursing. But to kick us off, Michael, you're going to tell us a bit about Creation's fundraising request. So yeah, wonderful Oxford uh, theatre company, Creation Theatre. They're fundraising for something which should be quite spectacular and definitely charming. Um, So they usually take their plays uh, outside of the standard theatre-like venues and into other spaces in the city. So they're Nelson Wonderland in the grounds of St Hugh's College and before that King Lear in the Norrington Room at Blackwells. I've been to a few of the creation performances at Blackwells. Yeah. Just a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> like, do people hide behind bookshelves? <laughs> I think they might have actually. <laughs> Throw books at each other. Why not? Um, even more ambitious than these though uh, is an immersive production of A Midsummer Night's Dream that's planned for the streets of Oxford. So things in its favour. One, um, in search of clement weather, it's being outdoors it's going to be in June and July so it actually will be in midsummer <laughs> two this is the kind of magical show that not many cities could uh, support well it just really it's um, Oxford they envisage uh, some like secret elements of the play so like, for example open a letter box and be able to you know see puck behind the scenes <laughs> um, and other little secret things they're going to stick it's- a person inside a letterbox <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> I'm sure he's a fairy, he can change size. Um, yeah. It's not real. Do they know where it's going to be yet? Are there any plans for which parts are they going to immerse us in? No, it'll be uh, in and around city centre, hmm. where you kind of imagine there are magical goings-on happening anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, that's what the play's about, an enchanted world and the real world interacting. That's what Oxford's about too. I mentioned fundraising. Um, Creation have had some assistance from the Arts Council, but uh, the, the target hasn't been reached yet. At time of broadcasting, they're within £1,000 of the target they want to reach by the 25th of April. So do visit their crowdfunder page uh, to find out more and give towards this fine idea. Um, Check out Twitter and their other social media to find the precise link. And there are incentives if you give a certain amount, aren't there? There's always, always incentives with the crowdfunding thing. They're graded from £10 up and there are some limited edition memorabilia, they've made beautiful postcards and badges and things and everyone's entered into a draw uh, to win like lifetime tickets to their shows. That's so, amazing. To, yeah. So you can, yeah, be part of Creation forever. So yeah, pop along to their crowdfunder and give Creation some support. So you might have noticed from our extensive peddling that Folk Weekend Oxford is this weekend. So that's very exciting and we're doing lots of stuff to support them. But to tell you more, uh, I had a chat with Cap Kelly, the festival director. For all those terrible people who have never heard of Folk Weekend, have been living in a cave, what is it about? What can you tell us? Uh, well, I always describe Folk Weekend, first and foremost, as a community festival. So it's the the music, although it's sort of based in folk and traditional stuff, There's we, we're not sort of specific. There's sort of general acoustics, singer-songwriter, um, just, a, just a little bit 
of the kind of that sort of rootsy traditional singer songwriter acoustic sort of you know that kind of thing um but it's just about all the community coming together making music listening to music dancing singing whatever takes your fancy and just having a really good time basically and that's one of the great things about it that it's not just concerts it's not sit down things yeah there are tons of different events there's Kaylee's there's a Euro Bal yeah there's, yeah some great stuff well I always think that folk music is kind of one of the few things that people of different ages and abilities and stuff can genuinely enjoy together because if you go to a Kaylee you can go with your kind of two year old and your 95 year old granny and you can all kind of join in with it at your own level and you can all have a good time. So it's not the fact that the parents are accompanying the kids to a specifically children's event and you're just kind of going along with it. And it's not that the kids are tagging along to something for the, the parents. Everyone is just, you know, enjoying it all together. Yeah, and it's, it's one of the amazing elements of it that mm. everyone does really well at. With this year's lineup, who are you looking forward to go and see? Who do you recommend especially? Um, well, Martin Carthy, who's our main headliner, is just a legend you couldn't possibly not mention him I mean we're so chuffed to have booked him um I'm actually a really big fan of Megson I don't know if you've come across them but as as I've been going through the sort of publicity stuff and and that and I've been listening to the different artists and sort of picking out my favorites and I absolutely love the sound that they've got and the energy that they have in their music and they're just a duo but the music they create is just brilliant and I always, always really like hearing the local artists. So we've got in in Blackwells, we've got free concerts all weekend. And you just go along there and you hear somebody and you think, oh my goodness, why have I not heard of you before? You get some absolute gems. And what we tend to do um, over the years is when people first come to us and we've not heard of them but they want to perhaps come and play then they'll they'll go into a slot in Blackwells or something like that in one of the free concerts and then we're, we're out there our artistic team is out there during the weekend listening to people and so we're picking out the ones that we think are going to go far and then the next year they'll get sort of you know a bigger slot a supporting slot and then they'll be in the in the headline concert and we did that um Wednesday's Wolves was one of the first that we did that with the first year they were just doing a free concert and then my artistic director just fell in love with them so much and then um a couple of years later they were supporting the main headline on Saturday night and you know so that's what we like to do we like to kind of help build the profiles of the local artists and because we're very much a sort of we're sort of a local festival really the local artists aren't just a sort of an add-on they're very much built into it and part of it and so we get um, people like Ben as well it had supporting slots for some really high profile artists which is going to he can put on his folk CV and you know and that sort of thing and it, it just it helps them to build their profile as much as it helps us from having them to come and play as well so this week we're also releasing a very special edition of the Oxcast which is all about folk weekends so there are interviews with Kat and then some musicians it's all fantastic so yes if you want to find out more then do listen to that it'd be great uh, we're also doing lots of social media coverage over the weekend so be sure to check us out on all our usual channels as well as Periscope tickets are still available uh, so they are sort of between 28 and 38 for a day or 62 for the weekend and then also you can get tickets for individual events and there's no central box office this year so they've been picked up at any of the festival venues over the weekend or on their website uh, there's quite a popular stereotype that artists tend to do their work out of love rather than for financial gain show me the money <laughs> <laughs> is looking to explore this 
idea in further detail. It's on at the old fire station on Friday at 6pm and it's a playful investigation of making art in a time of austerity. So it's sort of a performance documentary um, performed Mm -hmm. by Paula Varjak who has been interviewing a lot of artists about their relationship with money and how it makes them feel. The tagline is, can you become an artist and still survive? It's quite bleak. (laughs) (laughs) It's quite bleak. There's quite an interesting video where Paula asks artists about their relationship with money and how they would personify it. So here are some of the descriptions. One artist described it as an abusive relationship. Um, Others say a doting grandma, a Tory politician, a passive-aggressive relationship, (laughs) Facebook friends who you sort of see around but you don't really interact with, or a poisonous ex. Flip. That's, so, that's wow. It's quite a spectrum and it really, yeah. Yet art gets made all the time. Yes. Paula hopes to explore how artists survive, especially if they're not getting any funding or, yeah, any financial backing. So it should be very interesting. So that's Show Me The Money at the Old Fire Station on Friday at 6pm and that's free. So after you've been to that talk... <laughs> Then there is a concert at Christchurch Cathedral, and it's the 16, who are an amazingly famous uh, choral group that mainly do largely sacred music. Uh, And they're led by Harry Christophers, who is a fairly prominent academic who does lots of historically informed performance type stuff. Uh, This new tour, the Choral Pilgrimage 2016, is focused on uh, William Byrd and Arvo Pertz, with some talus thrown in for good luck and is focusing on their sacred works as well. So, if you do not know about Bird or Pert, uh, Bird was a uh, 16th century Catholic. He was employed a lot by the courts, and he wrote lots of madrigals, which are secular songs. But uh, towards the end of his life, uh, Elizabeth sympathised with his cause and uh, granted him a patent to start composing more religious works. Oh, wow. Despite his Catholicism. So that's kind of what this is about. Uh, the whole choral pilgrimage tour is about persecution and stamping out of music and that kind of thing. And that's why Pert is also being featured. He is an Estonian. He's still alive, actually. Uh, he's sort of an Estonian national hero. Yeah. A huge beard. <laughs> Fantastic beard. <laughs> um, he started off with a fairly difficult modernist style. I mean, he grew up in Soviet Estonia, so there was lots of oppression, and he didn't really realise until he got a bit older that everything was being censored and that kind of thing. And so he went away for a long, long time and then emerged with this new technique called Tintinabuli, which... <laughs> to explain this non-graphically, <laughs> uh, you take the line, the melody line, then you displace alternate notes, so they're either side of a central line. So it kind of, if you mm-hmm. follow what's happening, it sounds like bells, and there is a melody. Oh, but okay. um, but he does lots of graphical scores, like his uh, Saint John's Passion is in the shape of a cross and things like that. But he's very very good, and his his music is quite accessible yeah and 16 are just fantastic so well worth seeing while they're in Oxford and that is Friday 8pm and tickets are between 15 and 32 pounds uh, make sure to check out our website because we'll have a review of the 16 as well so here at Daily Info HQ we like to celebrate arcane days of the year like uh, cherry pie day that was that was good um, <laughs> ice cream for breakfast day um, as well pretty much any food related special occasion actually that Allows us to throw self-control out the window. We miss grilled cheese day. Yeah, uh, yeah we can't eat grilled cheese till next year, we discovered. <laughs> Today to our uh, chagrin. But this Saturday is, for vinyl junkies everywhere, a big day in the calendar. 
Record Store Day 2016 is celebrated around the world from, get this, Rome to Wollongong, from Osaka to Tel Aviv. All the places. Anywhere you could think of. <laughs> and in amongst those wonderful destinations, Kylie Road, truck store as ever, our Oxford's participating store. So they've taken requests uh, to order records in especially. And the cool thing about Record Store Day is the specially recorded singles, EPs and stuff from so very many artists, <coughs> including the Manics, who are headlining Truck Festival, uh, Primal Scream, who'll be in South Park at the Common People Festival in May. So with all this hot-off-the-vinyl-press material, uh, Truck have to have some ground rules, OK? <laughs> um, no reservations, um, first come, first served, and you're only allowed one of each title per customer. Uh, so if, if, like Mike, you would like to grab an armful of Primal Scream, I'm, I'm sorry, you, you may be restrained. Um, hence the cues I remember from last year, which are full of ultra-hip and shiny, happy people, um, introducing each other to bands and peering into the store window to see what's changing hands inside. So truck store is open from 8am on Saturday. 8am, I know. Thankfully, in-house caffeine fixers at Moistro Coffee will be on hand to keep you awake while you wait. So remain in the queue. Um, Get jazzed. Exactly. <laughs> then go buy some jazz. Um, there are giveaways and raffle-like things going on during the day. Uh, and on Sunday then, uh, there's a couple of in-store performances, uh, including one from Neverland, uh, formerly known as Balloon Ascents. Um, entry is free on both days, uh, but my warning, which I repeat often, is that it won't be free for long. Uh, you'll want to get hold of that imported full 7-inch with a Mark Ronson's daffodils on the B-side. Or a 50th anniversary collection of David Bowie's earliest singles. 50th anniversary. Wow. Um, so that'll be worth it. Happening this Saturday, all day from 8. On to you Sunday now. There's a lovely event happening at the Story Museum. The Fish Who Could Wish with Corky Paul. Uh, Who's Corky Paul? Well, he's a illustrator who's based in Oxford and he's illustrated books like Winnie the Witch and... There was a really nice series of poems um, from John Foster, which were like dinosaurs and magic and pets. They're really lovely books. He has a really nice style. It's quite scratchy and just very colourful and humorous, Mm -hmm. I would say. And you have the chance to go to this event, which will be going through the story, The Fish Who Could Wish. He wishes for many things. Greedy, greedy fish. Yeah, there's lots of uh, audience participation and prizes available. It's suitable for children over the age of five. Tickets are £7 and it's £5 for concessions. Now, do you find yourself wishing it was the 80s? Are you in need of a feel-good musical? I've got the prescription for your predicament. I prescribe that you get hold of some tickets for an adaptation of Footloose at the new theatre, uh, starting next Monday and running all week till Saturday. Starring Lee Brennan from 90s pop sensations 911. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lee Brennan will be playing uh, Kevin Bacon. Not really. He'll be playing the part made famous by the famous Kevin Bacon. Um, this production is directed by award-winning director and choreographer Racky Plews, an amazing name to say, mm. um, who uh, did American Idiot and won loads of awards for that. Um, also, singer-songwriter Miracle Chance appears as Erlene. These are just wonderful names to say. Mm. It's the story of a small town in Utah uh, in which dancing has been banned. Outrageous! It's not outrageous. What would Folk Weekend be like if that was the case? Um, and a preacher's daughter falls under the spell of Rebel Lee Brennan from 911. Of course. Uh, the show will feature all the epics such as Holding Out for a Hero. Uh, I'm sure Maury Nolan will outbelt Bonnie Tyler uh, in that. And the title track, on which subject, 
please, please, if you know what's good for you, Google Kenny Loggins Jesus. Um, it made us laugh in the office the other day. Do you know your bacon number? Uh, what? Bacon number. Oh, well, um, probably six. Six? That's quite a low bacon number. You do have lots of contacts. Oh, I wasn't in a film, so I'm okay. <laughs> I, I forgot that that was a, a thing. You had to be in films to be six degrees from getting uh, bacon. Uh, have you taken I, the bacon death? I've been on TV. Does that count? Have you been on TV with Kevin Bacon? No. Uh, but I bet, that's, I bet that does count. I reckon okay. that counts. Okay. So, we've just worked out that Katie has a bacon number of four. I win! <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah. The fame that oozes out of this office. Yes. <laughs> now I want four bacons. Bit of trivia for you. Um, feisty and conflicted heroine Ariel was played by Laurie Singer, uh, but amongst those who auditioned for the part was Madonna, and uh, Meg Ryan and Julia Louis-Dreyfus were also in consideration. Mm. Kind of love to have seen Julia come in and turn it into like super dry comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Mashup between Seinfeld and Footloose, I think would I would I would definitely be there. I can see that. <laughs> Um, additional trivia time. Um, Kevin Bacon regularly bribes DJs at weddings not to play Footless when he's in attendance. Um, <laughs> That's amazing. You could imagine how many people would be like, go on, Kevin, go on to it. <laughs> no, actually, someone stunt danced for me for half of the time uh, or something. Um, and in that's true and in the opening montage with all the pairs of dancing feet which you all remember right? oh yeah of course yeah yeah um, the dancer in the golden shoes is none other than Kenny Loggins hey Kenny moves in mysterious ways so Footloose is at the new theatre from Monday to Saturday of next week um, that's 7.30 every night some days 2.30pm uh, tickets are from 15.40 to 43.40 if your foot is actually loose, you would probably go to see a nurse. Yeah, see someone about that. <laughs> but the nursing style that we know today is very different to how it was over 100 years ago. Um, and this is all because of Florence Nightingale, that famous lady with the lamp who changed professional nursing. So this Tuesday, there's a very interesting lecture which is entitled Florence Nightingale and the Stormy Start to Professional Nursing in Oxford. And it explores the story of the first trained matron who worked at the John Radcliffe Hospital, who was called Flora Mason. Um, and she actually didn't have a very good time of it and was very stressed out because she was constantly fighting hospital authorities and eventually resigned after six years in 1897. Um, the professor who is giving the talk is Lynn MacDonald and she will describe how Nightingale got appointments for matrons and supported them when when they faced opposition from hospital authorities. Um, just to highlight how much of an impact Florence had on nursing in Britain, basically, nurses weren't trained at all until no. um, about the 1830s, I think. They just had a good bash at it. Well, they, I don't even know if... It wasn't considered a profession, so they were just sort of like, go on, and could you, uh, you know, know right. sew his leg back on? Flip. Be great. Um... And then Florence Nightingale learned her trade in Germany and then she obviously became famous for her work during the Crimean War. Um, she totally revolutionised the way patients were treated, um, told off doctors for reusing infected rags and things um. like that. Yeah, it's pretty disgusting stuff. Um, she went on to publish her views on nursing in Notes on Nursing and basically made everyone realise that doctors and nurses were very important. 
Um, she established her own training school at St Thomas's Hospital in London and inspired the practice of nursing throughout the world. What a lady. What a legacy. Yeah, I know. Um, so yeah, it sounds like a really interesting lecture. So that's Florence Nightingale and the Stormy Start to Professional Nursing at Oxford at Brooks University on Tuesday at 5pm and it's free. So this week's Cinema Roundup, which we are experimenting with new names for, <laughs> currently tentatively called the Cinephile Files. I'll do a theme tune. <laughs> but no, any suggestions are welcome. So first off, there's a new film called The Brand New Testament, which is actually a partnership between Belgium, France and Luxembourg, uh, but is in French. And it's written, produced and directed by uh, Jacques von Domal. And in it, God is a grumpy old man living in an apartment in Brussels yep. who created humanity in order to have something to torment. So examples of that, uh, the phone goes off as soon as you get in the bath. Oh, um, oh he's responsible. That kind of thing. Yes, not so he's just a grumpy, grumpy man. But his daughter finds out what he's doing and decides to rebel. Um, and so she sends out the dates of everyone's deaths to everyone in Brussels by text message. So lots of funny <laughs> things. <laughs> So lots of funny things happen, like if one guy knows that he's not going to die, so he keeps jumping off buildings um, <laughs> and fun stuff like that. But the daughter goes around writing a brand new testament and she collects apostles and uh, the grumpy god tries to find her and uh, I have it on good authority that it all comes out well in the end. <laughs> um, but that looks re- it's just a really funny looking film. But no, it's been received very, very well and it's at the Phoenix all week this week. Um, and secondly, something to entice Michael mm-hmm. is the new docu essay uh, called "I Am Belfast" by Mark Cousins and the cinematographer Christopher Doyle. This is kind of a love poem to uh, Cousins' home city of Belfast, um, in which Belfast is personified by a ten thousand year old woman, uh, <laughs> and it's full of beautiful imagery and it's kind of an impressionistic interpretation of what the city means and uh, what it means to Cousins and how it grew up. Um, but yeah, it's a very unique, ephemeral sort of filmmaking, they say, mm-hmm. uh, and it ends with a long sequence of a woman who left her shopping at the bus stop. So an interesting and beautiful film. Yeah, this sounds amazing, actually. Um, I almost not quite got to see it in Belfast myself last week when the, the director dream. was <laughs> in the Queen's Film Theatre um, and Mark Cousins was, was there and took everyone on a uh, guided walking tour of Belfast. So you got the full experience during the day. He's like got an encyclopedic knowledge of cinema and can just, yeah, just has wonderful ideas and executes them beautifully. It's little references to things you might know from cinema history as well as just showing you around. But that's only on at the Phoenix on Saturday at 1pm, so make sure to check that out. And for full sim listings, as always, check out the website. Yeah, to keep up to date with absolutely everything that's going on in Oxford, uh, then follow us on social media. Uh, we're Daily Info Oxford on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. And subscribe to have the Oxcards delivered straight to your device every week. And don't forget about our special edition of the podcast, which is all about Folk Weekend Oxford. <laughs> <laughs>